Like many of you, we battle depression during life's ups and downs. Music has always been the one thing that we could rely on to get us through the tough times that we all face. Follow us on our journey as we discuss the healing power of music, interview bands, break down genres, review band biographies, and more. This is the When Words Fail Music Speaks Podcast with Blake Mosley and James Cox. Hey everybody, welcome to When Words Fail Music Speaks with me. It's me, it's me, it's J-A-C. And like I said before, welcome to back to When Words Fail Music Speaks Podcast, where we fight depression with the power of music. I am your professor of handicapped host, James Cox. And I am not, still not the voice of Scooter from the Muppets, but maybe one day. I hope you get it. I know, I man. really hope you get it. That'd be awesome. So that way we can go back on all these episodes where you proclaimed to not be and then one day you can finally say and i am the voice of scooter from the finally Muppets. i am finally yeah he did it he, I he did, did it, it guys yeah and i am commonly referred to as the loudest guy in the room but only when i'm playing the drums even when i yell really loud i'm still not the loudest uh, i am your endless source of useless music knowledge my name is blake mosley aka brosley aka emo bemo and i'll have you know james that i've really committed to the emo bemo uh, nickname um, so far as to uh, I started playing Final Fantasy 10 again uh, recently and I decided to name my character Emo Bemo Emo Bemo you know, and that's when you know, you've really committed when you <clears throat> can create a uh, video game avatar that uh, has the same name so you know what's funny is, uh, is I was recently interviewed on a podcast called Allison in Wonderland which, yeah. is, which is a great podcast name for anybody Yes, and, that's good. And that, uh, and uh, she is doing it on mental health, which sure. is great okay. too. And I told yeah, her about yeah. you, and and I went through all your nicknames. I said I got a, <laughs> I got a, co- a co-host. His name is his name is um, Blake. Where he go by? Um, Rosley, because Blake Mosley combined them. You know, I told her that. Sure. And then I I told her that you go by Emo Bimbo, and she thought that was the greatest thing ever made. Okay. Like, well, all right. So it's we're, sticking. We're to a great start. So it's sticking. So keep, let's let's keep that going. You know, it's 2023. We're gonna we're gonna make it the year of emo bemo, baby. That's, That's right. what we're gonna That's do. Right. Happy New Year's to you, by the way, sir. Yes, thank you. Uh, thank and happy you. New Year's to all of our listeners. I hope you guys had a wonderful, safe uh, New Year's. I hope that this year uh, is better than the last. It's yes. definitely better than the past two years. I, I can guarantee you that. Well, it's, uh, <laughs> it, it's starting out better because I'm getting more interview. I'm getting to ask to be part of more interviews on podcasts, and yeah. I'm hopefully going to set up some some, some for you too. Sam Mitchell, uh, is, is still wanting to interview you, so I'm going to give you his his uh, number, and you can um, work that out with him. He's a really cool guy. Yes. I've known him for years. Well, I've known him for what, like like a, like a year and a half. Yeah. Um. So, and uh, my birthday, which is just passed, I am now officially older. Right. I am forty three. Happy I, birthday! I want to thank you. I want to tell yep. people that I that I seen dirt form, like I was in the <laughs> like I was in the mid creation of dirt. You know, get it that, was a big hit. Get that, yes, get that, get that laugh going on for people. You know, he was, he was there for sliced bread. Like he saw it happen, and yes. now. Yeah. So, Here he is. So, uh, talk about it. So I was the greatest thing until Slice Blade happened, and then after that, everybody forgot about me, and everybody says it's 
like Seth Fred is the greatest thing that ever happened. Yeah. So. And you know, like I, I have, I have come, I came to the realization forever ago, uh, about how old I, I was getting when I realized, uh, that Eminem's daughter, um, was going to prom oh, years yeah. ago. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm, years, getting old. Yeah, now right. I'm super old because my nephew is in college. Mm. Uh, in fact, like now he's like halfway through his college, his first like year. So I'm just, I, I don't know. Time flies. It really does. So, savor it enjoy oh, yeah. every moment yeah um true. and uh and then you can be reminded when you get on tiktok about songs uh, emo and pop punk songs that turned 20 years old this year and you're uh, like shut up you know what really so, is bad is it's like like start like 30 year old or like 40 years old i'm like i just was born i don't even have time <laughs> to process you know yeah i don't what, i don't understand what molly crew will do oh so okay so let me ask you this before we move on and i'm okay, and we'll, okay so Okay, so say a band breaks up like Creed did, okay? Yeah. Scott Stapp formed his own band, and yes. Creed became Ultra Bridge, right? Sure. Do you think it is fundamentally wrong that Scott Stapp sings Creed music? No, I don't. I don't. Um, And I'll tell you why. Because if I was a huge fan of Creed and I had the opportunity maybe I never got a chance to see Creed but I had the opportunity to go see um uh Scott Stapp's solo stuff right um uh, of course he's gonna play a bunch of the um of course of his originals but he knows that there's a lot of people that are there to see him because they loved Creed so for the ultimate fan service yeah like I I'm, I'm sure that his band does play a few Creed songs especially if he wrote the songs then I think it's I think it's perfectly fine um to 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 do that so the reason why I asked that was that Creed was a for instance okay so I don't know if you saw this but today or last night I read that that uh Nikki Six from Motley Crue is talking crap Motley again Crue, uh-huh. He says that okay, so so Vince Neil has a solo band, right? Right. And anytime he's out with Motley, he goes out and Nikki Six is upset with him for singing Motley Crue song on a solo band. I'm like, mm, no, why? I think it's why, dumb. bro? You know? I think it's not. Yeah, I think if you that might have been your once in a lifetime opportunity to see Vince Neil or right. see Scott Stapp, yeah. and just and we're not talking about like playing nothing but Motley Crue or Creed. Right. music like just playing a few of the hits just to yeah. just to just few, people are the know, people paid good money to come see you live. they want to have a good time treat them and not Play only and not only that this thing is, is is the voice of those songs i mean right Dickie six doesn't, doesn't sing nothing he just plays bass. Tommy Lee just oh, plays yeah. drums i'm not good how yeah. i'm not sure if he does anymore because i've heard very Numerous yeah, things. I think he's. I think he's out. Finally, honestly, I'm surprised the guy's still alive. But, <laughs> right, uh, and then glad um, that he is. and then and then and then we've heard that Mick Mars is retiring, and John Five is coming in to fill for his shoes, which is great. Mick Mars, that's who I meant. Sorry, I, yeah, Mick Mars. Yeah, um, well, Tommy might be out. I don't know. <laughs> later, well, sooner than later. But yeah, but still- um, John Five from you know Marilyn Manson and his solo pro- John Five. He's Bob like, great, he's like, yeah. Yeah, Rob Zombie, he's like one of the greatest guitarists of all time. Yep. Have you seen him do ch- uh, chicken picking? You know, with the, the uh, he just uh, f- Vanessa's the guitar with the. It's yeah. called it's called chicken picking. 
You know, it's, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So finger look, looking good. Look, your finger looking good. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So look that up. He's, he's a great guitarist. I, I, I think they'll they'll that they'll really do a good tour uh, later yeah. this year. So. Absolutely. And the Pantera tour is doing good too. You know, I I've heard some yeah. bad stuff about it, but the majority of it's really really good. I I heard that Rex had to go to the hospital and maybe drop out of a few dates or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and they're, yeah, they're calling uh, somebody. So hopefully, hopefully it gets better because that's that would be that would be a cool like one again once in a life once in a lifetime opportunity to go see Pantera and I mean obviously without the uh, the Abbott brothers it's not, not going to be the yeah. same but you know it's, Zach Wild it, it's more like a celebration is from what Zach yeah. Wild said which is fair you know because without ever sure. there is no Pantera there will never be a Pantera no. you know, so. yeah and I and we've said it before but I think if you could have gotten anyone to fill in on guitar or on drums for a Pantera reunion yeah uh, uh Zach Wild and Charlie I can't remember his last name but Char- from Anthrax Charlie by uh, 19 drums yeah. yes yeah. he he is he's an incredible drummer so yeah yeah, yeah. Um, what a good choice! It's one of um, the best drummers of all time, you know. I mean, there are, there's yeah. hundreds of you know good guitar, good good drummers, but uh, I think yeah. the reason why they picked him was uh, he meant so much to Dime, I I, I think, and um, Dime and oh, yeah. and Vinny. So him I guess and, him and Dime were so I guess um, very very yeah. tight. Yeah. So, uh, so what are we talking about today, good sir? Well, okay, we're kicking off 2023 with something a little bit different. Um, me and James have talked about excuse me, a lot of uh, artists. We've talked a lot about the song itself. We've done a lot of deep dives into things like that, into into genres, into subgenres. But one thing that we have never... Re- Actually, I take that back. We did do a Motown we, yeah. uh, episode. Whole, so we've talked yeah. about record labels before. That is an old episode. Yes, absolutely. Very good one, um, too. I love that It's one. a very good one. It was a fun one. That was a yeah. very fun one to do. But we don't, we don't talk about record labels... Uh, a lot and the story behind some of these some of these record labels um, is really fascinating especially about the one we're talking about today Victory Records Uh, and just at the you know at the time 2000 uh, all right so Victory Records been around for a long time right in the 90s was very big in the hardcore scene Uh, a lot of hardcore bands emerged from from that um, some of the biggest in the game, Hatebreed being one of those, uh, like yes. just a big deal, right? Yes. Uh, yes. turned into like an, an emo metal core, um, very, very eccentric, uh, uh, record label. And one of the biggest independent labels that you could be on. And as we mentioned before, James, like as a band, if you were in that scene at that time, early two thousands, and you didn't want to be obviously everyone's dream is to be on a major label right because that's where the big bucks are right but if you're not going to make it on a major label if you could make it onto one of these three big independent labels you knew you made it uh so i i think of of labels like fueled by ramen uh tooth and nail and then victory records like those were the big names to be on wait 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 go back fueled by ramen 
fueled by ramen. Yeah, that uh, like was, like ramen noodles. People fueled. Yes. By, oh, <laughs> yes. that's the greatest thing I've ever heard of. Was responsible for bands like Paramore and Fallout Boy and Panic at the Disco. That's got to be the greatest record name, record label name it ever. Great, <laughs> it was a great record label. We, yeah, we've and all a lot been, of great bands came from it because we have we, we've all been fueled by ramen noodles one time, one time, absolutely, and, especially when times are a little tough. Yes. <laughs> It's a set, yeah. you know, I mean, just go to the store. Yes, still is, still is. So, yeah. So, but so. yeah, it's, you know, that's, that was the big deal. Like if you could make it onto any of those labels, you knew that you made it somehow because those were, those were some pretty big names you were torn with and, yeah. and things like that. So, you know, Victory Records <laughs> like exploded in the early 2000s. And I remember getting, uh, you, you know, you buy a CD, whether it was Taken Back Sunday or Day to Remember or whatever, and it would come with a sampler. Um, and I just, I loved the samplers that Victory Records had. It, it introduced me to so much, so many different bands and bands that I didn't think I was really going to be able to get into. I was into, you know, Taking Back Sunday, but in listening to a Taking Back Sunday uh, album, I was introduced to Immure, um, you know, because they were one of those bands that was on their label. And then I started getting into uh, heavier stuff and just it, it, it just all and then I, I got into comeback kid and then it was more of the punk side the hardcore punk stuff and there was right. just yeah so much back and forth and I loved every second of it and victory records at one time was just a force to be reckoned with um, and then you slowly started seeing issues and bands more and more dropping from that label uh, and then a bunch of lawsuits coming from uh, from being associated with them, yeah, uh, and it was and it was interesting because it kept happening over and over and over again. So the story is really intriguing, and honestly, you can't find out a whole lot about it online. Now we did some digging and we found you know a Wikipedia page, and um, you can only take Wikipedia you know with a grain of salt. Like you, <laughs> you don't really know what you're yeah. getting with that. A- anybody um, can write it, so and it's, anybody could write it, and it is summarized to a degree. But I did find another website that talked about a tell-all of a former victory employee that kind of went way more into detail. Uh, it's very detailed. You can actually read it all online. And, um, if you have the time, go do it. But I, yeah. it, I, I understand if you don't, it's kind of lengthy, but we, we, we got some stuff from there. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to dive into this and maybe we'll come back and do another record label. That was just a game changer. Um, but, uh, yeah, why don't, why don't we jump right into it? Uh, James, why don't you kick it off for us? Cool. Cool. So, Victory Records is a Chicago-based record label founded by Tony Brummel. Brummel, yes. Brummel, okay. It operates a music publishing company called Another Victory Incorporated, Inc., um, and, it, it, and is the distributor of several record labels. It has featured many prominent artists, such as, including uh, Thursday, Hawthorne Heights, Silverstein, 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 yeah. Silverstein. Uh, yep. Taking Back Sunday, which is great. Uh, Bayside, great, Streetlight Manifesto, and A Day to Remember, which I know I still listen to that band now. Oh, yeah. It was um, one of my favorite bands for a very, very, very long time. It probably still is one of, you know, one of your top, yeah. one top, top 10. One, they're, in the, they're in the top 10 for sure. Uh, in September 2019, uh, years after buying part of the label's catalog, uh, Concord bought Victory Victory Records and another Victory for thirty million dollars. I can't imagine having that much money. Goodness. Um, yeah. Craft Records, Craft Recordings, um, has been managing Victory Record catalog 
since Concord acquired the label. Victory has since not signed any new bands or released new records. Instead, though, uh, the label operates for the current distribution of the many of the label's alumni, as well as as well for reissues. Uh, Victory's catalog includes 4,500 master recordings and 3,500 compositions throughout its publishers. Another Victory. Yeah, so all those compositions, those are those uh, little like sampler right. <laughs> albums. I'm yeah. telling you, it was yeah. it was wild, and so <laughs> so and it was so fun too because like not only did they come with an album that you could listen to, there was a DVD sometimes, uh, and then you could like watch music videos from some of these bands. Um, and that was another way for me to take in, uh, like just kind of discover a band because I watched the music video and I thought the music video was just so memorable. Aiden was one of those bands, like, yeah. uh, you know, horror punk had kind of gone away. Um, and then Aiden, um, kind of, there was a, a resurgence of horror punk in the early two thousands. Um, they were heavily inspired by the misfits and, uh, they did a lot of really good misfits covers too. They have great misfits covers. Um, but like they kind of like uh, I remember watching the music video and I was into the Misfits at the time and then watching their music videos I was like oh my god these guys are look so cool yeah right <laughs> and, you know and it was just another band that I got into because of those little samplers and it was it was amazing um, it's just a, it's a real shame that they're no longer around and that the story behind this is so negative. Uh, but you know, still, I feel like it needs to be told. Maybe a lot of people don't know what happened, and, and I think yeah. honestly, when you look online and you try to figure it out, you don't know those details. Um, you might have heard about a lawsuit or two, but you know, who doesn't have a lawsuit or two against you at some point, right? <laughs> but right. Uh, you know, that's that's that. It, it is a very fascinating story. So um, let's let's kind of talk about their beginning a little bit, though. So. Uh, originally focusing on hardcore punk and post-hardcore bands, Victory later expanded its roster to include emo and pop-punk acts. Um, as we mentioned before, uh, in the in the early '90s, very very hardcore uh, centric. Uh, a lot of lot of really great bands popped up from that. Hatebreed was one of those that just um, you know, Earth Crisis and and all these all these great hardcore bands from the '90s. Uh, Victory was responsible for a lot of that. Um, and uh, but by early 20, uh, 2002, 25% of the label was uh, announced to have been sold to MCA Records. However, later that year, the deal was terminated by Victory. Uh, Victory is currently partnered with and distributed by Sony's Red Red uh, Distribution. Um, and it was announced, uh, announced in April of 2014 that the label would be sponsoring a Victory Records stage for the entire of the entirety of the, the Rockstar Energy Drink Mayhem Festival, featuring five of their artists being Emure. Il Nino, Wretched, Islander, and Irima? I'm not familiar with that band. Sorry. Uh, they would continue to sponsor the stage through the 8th annual festival with five of their artists to be announced. Uh, Emura was definitely one of those big bands from the Victory Samplers that I just got into so heavy. Um, and then and then it turned into like a, like, you remember like the West Coast and East Coast beef of the 90s between uh like Death Row Records and Bad Boy, like yep. Biggie Smalls and Tupac kind of going at each other. Yeah. Well, we had something like that in the scene uh, mm. uh, between Emure and the Acacia Strain. Mm. Uh, both of those guys hated each other. Uh, they talked trash about each other all the time. They wrote songs about each other. Mm -hmm. um, and it was the closest thing I ever got to experiencing that because obviously I was, I was too young in the 90s to really understand the Biggie and Tupac 
uh, yeah. beef that happened. But like that was my that was my big into pot beef. So <laughs> I I I would say that I wasn't into a case of strain as much as Emir. Emir, yeah. I I loved death. I still do, you know. Yeah, but they were just so yeah. absurd, right? And I, I loved that about them. Yeah. Like it just some of their songs were just. <laughs> it was just that uh, I I don't know what the technical subgenre a title would be, but like almost like they brought like a hip hop element to uh, like metalcore, um, and yeah. you, you know what I mean. Like there was there was something about Emir that. It like probably, the front man definitely could have been in a hip hop group. They probably like. would be under hip hop, uh, new metal. I guess is the right term because sure. I mean, yeah, okay, they take technically so, right. <laughs> oh, uh, you're right because I d- I did consider Amur the metal. Limp biscuit yeah. of um of of that scene. Right, um, right. Were like uh Frank uh Frankie Palmieri, I think it's his name, um from uh from Amur is definitely like. Fred Durst reincarnated All right. uh, like, oh, okay. with the trash yeah. talking and like saying things you probably shouldn't say the controversies and things like that. Amira was definitely like another limp biscuit, like right. brought back to life. So, um, and I guess the case strain was the corn of that era. Um, I mean, they're both great bands, so, you know, so, both great so. bands, but they kind of like had their beef for a little bit. I think they're cool now, but, okay. um, you well, know, time moves all we'll hills. Like, episode on that one day. We can talk about just the beef yeah. between Casey strain and Amira. Sure. Sure. Uh, so there was criticism for the company and many, many lawsuits. So, okay. uh, so let's talk about the relations uh, with the label. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> so I'm just you know sure. tra- tra- just trying to um work work it out here, man. So okay. So, uh, Victory Records have ha- has had some negative relations with artists signed to the label. Uh, over the years, multiple bands have cited grievances, conflicts, and file or filed lawsuits against the record label. Uh, while others have stayed on record labels for years, Victory Records. Um, or even came back to Victory after releasing albums on different labels. They just didn't work for them, so they came back. That's wild that they would go back. Knowing what I know now? Right. Would I would have never have gone back uh, for sure. You would have created your own label or something, right? And some of them did. So Good. more power to them. Oh, nice, nice, nice. So former Victory band Thursday, that's the name of the band Thursday, had had uh, has had a conflict with the label citing issues with royalties. That's got, that's got to be the biggest um, yeah. thing that bands so go made through. A lot of the yeah. the the. That's the meat of a lot of the lawsuits. Is just right. the royalties. I, I mean, money because they they they'll screw you any way they can. Every really. time, so, young yeah. band. Yep, every single time. Uh, the band also cited a, an incident involving the, the Victory Records uh, market staff producing uh, whoopee cushions for the promotion of yeah. the 2001 album Full Collapse. What does whoopee cushions have to do whoopee with cushions, anything? Yeah. With weird. The word full collapse. I guess he would fall down and collapse. I, I don't know what they were saying. <laughs> I don't. I don't get, yeah. <laughs> uh, but they did it against against their wishes. So I mean, that's that's one thing that they did wrong. Uh, Thursday stated in the DVD accompanying the compilation album "Kill the House Lights," 
that that they chose to do chose to go on a, to a major label, Island Death Jam, in 2002, and after fulfilling their con their contract, uh, Tony Bromel and Victor Records welcomed Thursday back with open arms, and they said, "Ha we got them now, boys." It's weird, man. And I don't know how all the, the logistics work, but I would think that if you sign to a major label, why you would go back to an independent label, especially with that you know uh, actually if this was if this was early two thousands before they really got into the issues, like I maybe I could understand like maybe he was a good talker and got and like just convinced them to come right. back. Yeah. Uh yeah. but knowing what I know about this guy, Tony Br- Tony Brummel now, like <laughs> just he just sounds like a trash human being and uh just yeah i I, it's shocking to me that they that they would go back right yeah so uh in a 2021 podcast interview i love the trio the trio's guitarist dan jacobs spoke on ill of victory and the label's founder tony uh saying that they had issues with tony brummel and he, it's he, he's awful scummy ways, and he's awful scummy ways. Which yeah. okay, so can we pause for a minute? Yeah, I just want to mention that I went back and listened to a trio, and I just fell in love with them again. They're so great. Oh uh, yeah, the trio. That uh, was another one of those bands, man. I remember anyway. watching yeah. um the music video for uh well the first all right so the first time I ever heard a trio. Uh, was on a warp tour compilation album um bleeding mascara was a song that that played um and if you go back that's a good song and that's if you go thing. back to our butt rock episode we talked about like how <laughs> some of these uh metalcore bands go from you know really good to being a butt rock band yeah. and we kind of played you samples of what they sounded like at one time versus what they sound like now yeah. bleeding mascara was a song we paid we played for their like prime era right yeah. um so that was the first song i ever heard by atreyu but the first time i ever saw a music video was on one of those sampler dvds right uh, and it was for the crimson uh which is a great song great music video uh and i was really taken away by the fact that the drummer was the clean vocalist um and right. was still able to do what he did playing drums now he's just the the front man um and doesn't play drums anymore he's just you know lead singer now but yeah treyu was uh just mind-blowing to me you know and and at that time so so anybody that's listening right now if if you want to get more and dive deep in treyu listen to um bleeding mascara yes uh crimson like mr emo be more said and uh yeah. right side of the bed that is oh right my god oh too. my yeah. god dude yeah. yeah it's fire um and their cover of you gave love a bad name yes. is really good too we need to do that yeah. cover work too we do so, we do so sorry for the banter um <laughs> so, so back to victory uh so on on july 12 2015 will francis of horror punk band aiden uh, posted on their official Facebook that they sold 500,000 copies, which is half a million copies. Half a um, million copies. They sold five, half a million albums total through Victory Records and were not paid. What? Wow, man. Wow, that dude. is that's a lot. Think about the blood, sweat, and tears that it goes it takes to go into making an album. Let, and... let, let alone like 
producing the album too. Well, well, I guess they were the producers, weren't they? So there's but, a lot, man. Yeah. It's a lot of like to us. It sounds the the, it, the fame. It, it doesn't and sound everything a, sounds nice. Yeah, like, right. but once you really get into it and you talk to a lot of people who are in a who make music for a living, right. they'll tell you you don't really make a lot of money. No. Um, Not unless you're like Taylor yeah. Swift or, right. you know, you have to, you or have to you really, yeah. yes. Like if you can ever get to that point, it's not selling out. It's just, if, if you are the breadwinner in your family and mm. you're, you play, you play music for a living, it's hit or miss, man. You might have, you know, some, some, some times where you're actually bringing in some, some good money. And then you may, you may, not it, it's not consistent uh and it's right. really tough and that's why a lot of people say that the touring life and uh being a, a, a professional musician is just not their thing um or they find other ways to uh stay involved with making music but maybe not depending on making music to uh you know make a living <laughs> and, and uh that, that's proof right there half a million albums sold didn't make a dime off didn't of make it, a dime. from that right of other things they did but half a million albums sold with which, their time at Victory which, Records, which makes you wonder that the only that the only money that they ever made was on touring and merchandise. Merchandise, because that's yep. what I can think touring about. Because yep. if you're not making money with albums, touring and merchandise is, is your sole right, so, so, so bread and butter right there. So, yep, uh, and you're not touring every day, right? You know, so you're not you know, and you're not selling merchandise every single day. So it's. Yeah. Like I Sucks. said, unless you're not Taylor Swift, you won't make no money, you know. Right. Or, you know, one of them big big acts, you know. So yeah. despite all the controversy, uh relations between Victory Records and this band have not all been negative. Uh Close Your Eyes, which is a band, and El Nino, which is great, um, have mentioned positive relations multiple times in interviews. Emir has said specifically Victory does good business, and if you're a band that is expecting more than what you get, then you're going to feel cheated and robbed. So, so, and this is something we'll touch on too. But yes, so looking at these bands that you just mentioned, you've probably never heard of Close Your Eyes, right? No, but I've heard of El Nino. I, so. I love that band, yeah. El Nino, right? Uh, uh, yeah. El Nino's, uh, you know, was really big in the new metal scene uh, back in the day, but. <laughs> Um, Close Your Eyes is a great, like, hardcore, uh, Christian hardcore, like, punk band. Um, and I, I love that band. They're they're wonderful. They're not the most popular band in the world. El Nino is well-respected in the new metal community. Um, they had a song on Freddy vs. Jason. Uh, I remember it was really good. Yeah, uh, and uh, But, like, not one of the biggest bands in the world. Immure, not one of the biggest bands in the world. They're more, like, they're more like hidden, hidden gems, really. Right. Because you know, they're so good, but and no one... Remember- yeah, but right, yeah, and then bands like A Day to Remember, massive. Great. Hawthorne Heights, massive. Great. Yeah, Thursday was massive. Like it, it was, it was the the bigger you got is when you started seeing more issues, and that's the thing. We'll get to that. Um, but before we do, we got some ads to talk about. So sit back, relax, and let us uh, do a lot of product placement for you here. So yes. <laughs> With some good you guys, if you're watching on YouTube, you've probably seen me taking a few sips of coffee 
uh, from my Batman mug here. Hmm, delicious. Batman. Uh, you're probably wondering, <laughs> what is Blake drink coffee? Oh, I've shit. always wondered. Yeah. Blake, I admire you. I admire what you do on this podcast. Blake, you're such a good looking guy. I want to know what kind of coffee you drink. And I'll tell you, dear listener and YouTube watcher, that I, whoops, love some Bones Coffee. Um, Bones Coffee makes a really good product. Uh, it's very rich. It's very flavorful. Um, and it's just downright delicious and cool. Look at this label on this bag. Um, inspired by the Godfather. Holy cannoli. That's what I'm drinking right now. Um, but you can you can get all kind of products that uh, have a lot of wonderful different flavors. Uh, James is a big fan of the Mint Invaders. Uh, if you're like a coffee, like a chocolate coffee drinker. Um, but they've got everything, man. they got peppermint. Um, they did a, a great cable up cable can't talk a collaboration with uh, nightmare before Christmas um, and uh, with five different flavors inspired by that uh, the nightmare before Christmas um, along with t-shirts and mugs K cups you can get whole bean you can get ground coffee whatever you're into whatever your coffee preference bones has it and we have uh, a discount discount code for our listeners that you can use at checkout um, so you can get 10% off your order. James, it is it escapes me currently. What is our discount code for the listeners? All you have to do is just type in the words music speaks, all one word, all capital, and you'll get 10% off. 10. So 10. And yeah. That's on anything you order from yes. Bones. You can order, you can put in uh, shirts, mugs with coffee, ground, yep. or K-Cups. Just put in music speaks yep. as your discount code and you get ten percent off. Oh. I personally love the uh, the sampler box. Yes, uh, that way you can try a few different flavors and see what you like. So maybe there's something in there you didn't think you would ever like, and then your mind has changed uh, by the time you actually try it. So right. sampler pack, you get like five different flavors, um, and uh, I think you'll love it. We we love Bones Coffee. I've been drinking a lot of their coffee for years now, and. Uh, great product very happy to be working with them so again at checkout 10 percent off your order use the code music speaks all one word all caps uh and uh go give it a go give it a shot we wouldn't steer you wrong no jeff tried it he, he loved, loved it. it yeah he ordered the oogie boogie uh mudslide the uh mudslide, the, the, yeah. the, the, the nightmare for before christmas collaboration yes I, it's so hard to say that word for both of yeah, us, I, so. I, I had a really <laughs> my work failed. Yeah, yeah but he thought um, it was really, really good. So I mean, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we went through wrong. I give it a ten out of ten, even though 10, I look like a two out of ten personally for me. <laughs> but Bose Coffee is a ten out of ten, no questions asked. Great company, yes. great company, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then also we have another uh, another sponsor for this episode. Uh, this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, as you guys knows, uh, as you guys know. Uh, we talk about mental health a lot uh, on the show. It's kind of the basis of the entire show, right? Music and mental health. Uh, one of the best decisions that I personally have ever had um, was, the, was the decision um, to get a therapist. I, it was life-changing, actually. And uh, one of the best decisions I've ever made in my entire life, uh, for sure. Um, therapy is a tool that uh, is, is there to utilize before things get worse, and it can help you avoid those lows. Uh, BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions uh, with a therapist, so you can uh, you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to either, uh, whatever your preference. It's very, very custom customizable. Uh, it's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 
48 hours. Nice. You go online, you talk about um, what, what your what your struggles are, what you prefer, very, very customizable, and they will get you set up with a therapist in under 48 hours. Um, so see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp Online Therapy uh, today, and our listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com using the discount code Again, all cap one word, all caps one word. Music speaks, um, yes. and again, man, get seeing a therapist is one of the best decisions I have ever made in my entire life Reg- regarding my mental health. It was it was uh, it's a it was a great way to kind of unpack some things uh, and figure out some some things I was struggling with and and how to cope with certain things. Seasonal depression was a thing for me, but this past year. Uh, with the help of my therapist, I, I I I didn't experience a lot of those lows like I normally do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and uh, BetterHelp is here to help you. Um, ten percent off your first month with the discount code Music Speaks. Nice. All in word, all caps. Yes, sir. Yes. Please use it if you need help. If you need to reach out to somebody, please go to BetterHelp.com. And once again, that code is Music Speaks. All in word. All capitals. So, bada bang. Awesome. So let's talk. Okay, so there's mini bands, and uh, we talked about mini bands with Victory Roads, Victory Records, Victory Roads. Look at me. <laughs> um. <laughs> so let's talk about Hawthorne Heights and your lawsuit with them. Yeah. So I'm gonna let you talk about them. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, on August seventh of two thousand six, the Victory signed band Hawthorne Heights. Uh, announced in a manifesto on their website that they were leaving the label uh, and filed a lawsuit accusing Victory of fraudulent accounting practices uh, and for severe, quote, severely damaging the band's reputation and relationship with their fans. Mm. Uh, Tony Brummel allegedly issued public statements in the band's name criticizing hip-hop singer Neo, uh, whose CD, uh, in my own words, was Hawthorne Heights' most prominent competition uh, on the Billboard 200 charts, uh, as well as urging fans and street team members to uh, to conceal copies of Neo CD in record stores to sabotage his sales, and that's really dirty, man. What? It really is. Like, I get it. Like, music music can be a, a so, tricky uh, so, industry. So, so wait a minute. Let, let me get this straight because I'm not there. okay. So Tony Romo said for all of Hawthorne type fans to go to stores. And hide Neo CD so they won't right. buy them. Wow, yep. that is dirty, isn't it? It's wow, dirty. Yeah, it's just and it, it's it's gross. It, it, it's really stupid. And here's mm. another thing you got to think about, especially at the time. Guilty pleasures are going away, right? Yeah. Now it it, it feels better for you to say, "Well, yeah, I love Hawthorne Heights. I also love that new Neo CD." At that time, not so much. It was kind of like it was still in that era of like you got to pick one or the other, man. You're either super into hip hop or you're super into heavy metal music. Right. Figure out which one you want to be at and then talk trash about the other one. That yep. uh, sadly, that is kind of where we were still at. Okay. So yeah, <laughs> you have an emo band versus an R and B singer. They don't go hand in hand very well at that time. So yeah, he was just I don't know, just gross. Trying to and and that was their biggest competition. Hawthorne Heights was huge at that time. So, uh 2007, 2006, excuse me. Uh yeah, like they're at the height of their career. Silence in Black and White had already come out, um, and uh, yeah, uh, they're 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 at the top of the charts, very very popular. Um, emo was at its peak, uh, and it's just really it's just really really stupid 
to do that in the first place. But anyway, um, and then on September 13th of 2016, Victory Records countersued Hawthorne Heights, accusing the band of breach of contract uh, and libel. So really dumb, um, but I don't know. Sound, yeah, this sounds and, uh, dirty right, yeah, right off the bat. Yeah. Uh, in October of 2006, a Chicago judge dismissed the two, uh, excuse me, two of the three main claims in the band's suit, ruling that the trademark and copyright violation allegations were unfounded. Uh, on March 5th of 2007, a federal judge in Chicago ruled that Victory Records does not hold exclusive rights uh, for the band's recording services, excuse me, and that the band can record for any label. Specifically, the judge stated, quote, the agreement contains no exclusive uh, exclusivity provision, uh, nor does any of its language appear to prevent the band from recording elsewhere during the life of the agreement. Uh, the judge later reaffirmed this ruling on May 17th of 2007, stating that Hawthorne Heights is still contractually bound to deliver two albums to victory, but may record albums which are released elsewhere. Uh, in January 2008, victory filed a lawsuit against Virgin uh, EMI records alleging that Virgin EMI improperly uh, induced platinum selling band Hawthorne Heights to uh, repudiate I don't know I'm not a legal term <laughs> okay. guy I'm just a yeah. dude uh, it's, con- it's contract with the top independent label Victory Records uh, including allegations that Virgin EMI funded the initial phase of Hawthorne Heights lawsuit against Victory uh, the suit sought actual damages of uh, Ten million dollars and punitive damages of twenty-five million dollars. So it can get messy, man. Especially yeah. when it comes to labels and things like that. And you don't really know what to do. But I know what this next band did. Um, and honestly, it was one of the best uh, decisions that they could have made. So, James, why don't you get into the uh, the Data Remember lawsuit? Yes. This is probably one of the biggest ones that people remember hearing a lot about. I remember. I remember some issues with Hawthorne Heights and Victory Records when all this was going on. I didn't get into the details, but when a Data Remembers lawsuit mm-hmm. came out, it was way more uh, apparent as to what was what was really going on. So, okay, so let's see what's let's find out what what went on. Yeah, on December fifteenth, twenty eleven, it was it was announced that Metacore band a Data Remember uh, planned on filing a civil action against the label for a breach of contract. Uh, legal action was reportedly uh, initiated on May 31st of that year, in which the band claimed that Victory owned them owed them seventy five thousand dollars in royalties, which is you know kind of dirty that they didn't pay them. Um, yeah. Victory Records has said on their behalf that the lawsuit is actually about the band's refusal to fulfill their their five album contractual commitment to victory and their newfound desire to move on move to a major label on october 5th 2013 uh news outlets reported that a day to remember a day to remember has had been given permission to uh self-release the new album common courtesy uh, without any involvement from Victory, uh, the album w- was released digitally on on October eighth, twenty thirteen, and Victory and ha- Victory and the band released statements in response to the court ruling. On November twenty sixth, twenty sixteen, 
Uh, I did remember one of the lawsuit against Victory Records. Uh, the band was given $4.2 million and won three out of four issues that were that were suing the Victory for fulfilling the band's contract, controlling the band's publishing, and digitally royalty withheld from the band. Victory won the band's master recording. So Victory did do a, a little yeah. bit of winning, but the majority, um, I don't remember, won. And this is probably the losses. biggest like success story regarding that whole thing because a day to remember was already huge. Um, and yes, they were big. You know, those, like victory did win in a sense because of those master recordings that they um they still have like the rights over or whatever. And the biggest albums came from those years, right? You got uh. Uh, for those who have heart, which exploded and really put them on the map, homesick, which was just massive, um, and uh, what separates me from you uh, was also really, really big. All those came from those victory era um, recordings, and then Common Courtesy was the first time that they had released independently. Um, and Common Courtesy is a great album, absolutely beginning to end, great album. Um, and then after that, the, the albums weren't quite as good anymore. You can tell it was kind of changing a little bit, whatever. Um, so it kind of sucks that like victory in all their crappy scummy ways, uh, still holds those like master recordings of the biggest albums that still to this day continue to make lots and lots of money. Right. Um, but you know, what a day to remember was able to do was break free from that, start their own record label called ADTR. Nice. Um, and yeah. was was able to put out Common Courtesy, and I believe the next album was also on that, and then I think they signed to another label, if I remember the story correctly. But um, still, like, you know, was able to be like, screw you guys, we're going to do our own thing, we're going to make our own label, and we're going to do things very, very independently. Um, and in fact, there is a song on Common Courtesy uh, called The Document Speaks for Itself, and it's great. It's got one of the best, like, breakdown outros that I've ever heard in my entire life. Um, but after the song kind of like fades out, uh, it it there's there's little audio clips that are inserted in some of the songs uh, that the band just kind of throws in there, and I always think those are fun, especially when you know the story behind what they're talking about. Yeah, I didn't know the story about what was happening exactly at the end of this audio clip, but I knew that the song itself was about their relationship with Tony Brummel and Victory Records. But I found out recently what that little audio recording is. And for those of you who know what I'm talking about, it sounds like the band is like sitting there, like maybe on a computer or something like that. And you like hear them like kind of mumbling some stuff. And then all of a sudden they all start like screaming and they sound really happy. Uh, and then you can hear one of them say, uh, we're effed and like start yeah. laughing again. Right. So I never knew the story behind that. What it was is that was their email um to victory records telling them they were leaving and that they were suing them um and that was them like typing it up you can hear like the 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 endings of the email kind of being typed up them hitting send and you can hear the little like swoosh yeah noise yeah uh and the anticipation (laughs) for it to to say that it sent and when it said it was sent that was when all of them was like yeah and they all start like screaming and high-fiving and stuff and then Mm -hmm. one of them's like uh, we're we're screwed. <laughs> and like you know, it's just I didn't know what that was until 
recently. Until and I was later, like, yeah. oh, okay, that yeah. makes a lot more sense now. Um, but yeah, just really, really fun little tidbit of uh, information. For yeah. You. Nice. Yeah. Uh, we got another lawsuit to talk about here. Uh, Streetlight Manifesto, one of the best ska bands that it's ever been. Uh, so ska punk group Streetlight Manifesto has had numerous conflicts uh, and has a generally poor relationship with Victory Records. Uh, the band left the label after their album, The Hands That Thieve, um, was released. Uh, and in 20, excuse me, uh, February of 2012, Streetlight Manifesto went so far as to request that their fans boycott their own music uh, huh. and other items from the Victory Record label on uh, online store. Uh, on October 20th of 2015, media outlets reported that a million-dollar lawsuit was filed by Victory Records against um, vote lead vocalist Tomas Kalnaki, uh, and the lawsuit was filed in regard to the band not fulfilling their record deal of four studio albums to be released under Victory Records. Uh, the band released five albums while on the label. However, Victory claims that, quote, the band agreed not to count this album as one of the four albums under its contract to receive a $10,000 emergency advance. Uh, Victory, uh, Vic, excuse me, Victory Records claims also claims that the band, uh, the band's album 99 Songs of Revolution Volume 1 does not count towards the contract due to it being a covers album. Mm. Uh, the lawsuit claims that the $1 million uh, is to be paid for Streetlight not fulfilling their four-album record deal, as well as damages for copyright infringement relating to the release of their last album, Hands That Thieve, in which uh, Tomas Kalnaki released an acoustic version of the album under his pseudonym, uh, Toke, titled The Hand That Thieves. The Toke um, released, uh, release was officially canceled. However, the release was later made available online, as it usually goes. Uh, and then on April 19th of 2017, the band announced on their social media pages. Oh, shoot. I just clicked something there. Sorry. No, it's fine. Timestamp that so you can edit that. I clicked something and like lost the page I was on. All right. Okay. Anyway, um, I'll uh, start that over. Okay. That's fine. On April 19th of 2017, the band announced on their social media pages that a settlement had been reached with Victory Records. Uh, as part of the settlement, Victory Records sold all of Streetlight Man Manifesto's uh, master tapes back to the band. So that's good. They got it back. Yes. But a common theme that we're seeing here is bands not fulfilling their con their contracts. And it sucks. That's why a young band, a lot of times, will get screwed in deals like that. They sign to a major label or to a label because they want their music to get recorded. They want somebody to pay for it. They want their, to get their music out there. They want people to help promote demand. And uh, it all sounds great. What sucks is they don't they don't read the terms of the agreement. Uh, they just like, you know, kind of look it over and they sign it. They're like, all right, whatever. Other bands do it. We can do it too. Right, yeah. <laughs> you really need to get a lawyer involved to read through these contracts that way you know what you're recording or yes. what you're signing. Right. Because a lot of times the deal is not good. And they know that the band, a young band is probably not going to take the time to read through all 50 pages of the contract to uh, see the agreements and what they're actually signing and what they've, you know, what they'll get the, the meat and potatoes of it, but they won't really look into the details. And most of the time the details suck. Yeah. Uh, so young bands. And then when they start, start getting popular, like, you know, Streetlight Manifesto was pretty popular in the ska scene. Uh, Data Remember was huge. Hawthorne Heights was huge. 
Uh, and then the deals get a little more crappy as the bands get bigger yeah. because now they're expected to produce. Like you agreed to do five albums, not a cover album, not, you know, Streetlight Manifesto tried to get out of it by doing like, okay, well, let's just do, let's do this kind of album. Just get out of it. Like that's the agreement. Let's do it so we can stop and, and leave. Um, but, you know, Victory Records is trying to fire back and be like, no, five albums with original music, I wonder, which is hard. I wonder if uh, that was initially stated in their contract, because if it wasn't, I mean, they, I mean, they, they, they and I'm, I'm sure they, it was. Yeah. It's just a lot of times they just didn't younger bands yeah, are yeah. not going to read through those things mm. they, and, and they don't want to hire a lawyer to do it. And that's understandable, yeah, too. Or it's got a lot in of money. Long in. run, I think it'll really help you, though. Yeah. And and and. And I can understand them not hiring lawyers because lawyers are are expensive. And and when you're first starting out, you don't have the money, you know. Nope. Nope. You're, and so yep. yeah, you're you don't you don't have the money to pay, and it really sucks because you don't have the money to get a lawyer involved. But you like, you know, even if you did read through all fifty pages of the contract, you're probably not going to understand what it means. It's written in like very like in a lot of big legal terms that you're probably like, I don't know what any of these words mean, but sure. Now, here's my give me signature. the pen. Yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll John Hank whatever. That. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, uh, so, so, yeah. So yeah. let's talk about the aftermath though. Yeah. In 2016, Ramsey Dean, did I say it right? Yeah. Ramsey yeah. Dean, mm-hmm. a former victory records employee, I released a lengthy tell all titled, uh, the horror about the, his experiences working for Victory Records circa 2005 to 2007. So this is is what I was telling you (laughs) earlier. Like this guy worked for Victory Records in the height of like they're they're having some of the best success. 2005 to 2007. Think about all the the wonderful albums that came from that era. Yeah. Hawthorne Heights, that first A Day to Remember like breakout album. Uh, and, and just taking back Sunday, they're just exploding. A Treyu is really big, um, and this guy saw the thick of it. And it's it's really interesting. There's not a lot about this online, but if you know, we'll 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 give you the link to the tell all if you want to go read all of it. Um, but well, yeah, well, we've kind of like copied some um, some of the the quotes in here, um, and we're just gonna kind of read through some of these real quick just to kind of get an understanding um about what what this guy dealt with when he when he worked for victory records so i will keep one thing there they are right when they say a lengthy tell all titled the horror about his experiences working for victory yeah that's that's a really yeah. thing okay so yeah. uh victory was a quotations uh victory yeah. was a boutique label that cultivated the white suburban 14 to 24 demographic kids who'd outgrown Britney Spears and NSYNC in quotations. I'm sorry. Emo uh, was the sound they matured into. It was more of a matter of being in the right place at the right time and Victory was trying to be the new uh, Jive Records. Tony believed that with a solid brand, the music would be secondary and they relentlessly promoted to the name, even referring to himself as Tony Victory. Uh, that sounds pretty pompous to do that, you know. What a douche. Yeah. 
it, that, that was a whole quotation, so that, that ended with the Tony victory. Um, the industry bestowed a better nickname, Vic Tony. <laughs> wow, what an <laughs> asshole. Uh, because it, it was also shameless. Uh, so, uh, is that fraud? F R E U D fraud. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's one of the people uh, involved. Okay. Um, okay, with so that's fruit, I believe. Fruit. Their last name. Yeah. Okay. Okay, fruit. Yeah, because fraud spelled differently. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> fruit person. Uh, <laughs> well, fraud is right. The whole thing is. Fraud. Yeah, the whole thing is but... fraud. So I mean, I got that right too. So, but fruit, a person, a gentleman, uh, would have had would have had a field day with this. Um, with his slogan begged for attention, uh, things like quotations, uh, we run in the streets, the conflicted, the best music first, and the number one independent rock label. Um, it claimed the rest of the industry, including the Billboard magazine, uh, begged to differ with and was all about as significant as the number one Midwestern farm team. Even the, even the name Victory illuminated the insecurities along the bulldog uh, co- uh, along with the bulldog as the company's viral mascot. He never owned a dog, though. Uh, it it was something like <laughs> it was something he uh, said came to him in the dream. Ironically, though, the same image used by Mack Trucks. So, yeah, so this guy was this, just so full of himself and just really big on like claiming to be the biggest name, and they were big. Victory Records, don't get me wrong, was massive, but they were not the biggest. Uh, they were not the number one independent rock label for sure. No. So let me get okay. So he, he was known as Tony Victory. The <laughs> yeah. the the company named him uh, bestowed a, a better name. Like Tony, and he exactly. owned a dog. He said he owned a dog, which he never did. Jeez, yeah. Okay. Yep. So this guy, yeah, this, it was something, man. So this guy, uh, really Dean, piece of work. Dean also went on to say, uh, "We'd all seen Brummel, uh, Brummel, excuse me, threaten people, both physically and his favorite form of communication, email. Of course. So he's a keyboard warrior. Yeah. Uh, in, <laughs> in person, he wasn't intimidating. He didn't appear to break five seven, and I doubt he weighed over one hundred and fifty pounds. Uh, to compensate for this." He was uh, inked up with a bunch of tattoos, including the cobweb on the elbow. Love that. Um, and uh, victory tattooed on his forearm and across his back as if it were a gang sign. Uh, something by his own admission he did within the course of a year when the hardcore bug hit him. Uh, to, to further project the image, he was a skinhead, uh, which he shaved almost daily to obscure uh, his his receding hairline uh-huh. uh, the remnants of a chubby childhood still lurked in his face uh, and his belly leading me to believe that uh, his bullying attitude uh, was programmed many years ago at the hands of a schoolyard oppressor uh, Brummel was a Chicago native he uh, liked to boast that he didn't go to college uh, but in fact he dropped out after his first semester uh, I think he said he never went because of his disdain for anyone who made it through so he was just jealous uh, it was the same with his own musicians. The more they broke, uh, the more they broke through, the more hostile he grew towards them. Mm. So he's just insecure. He's yeah. a big baby. Um, he's like, it's not fair. Um, I never, you know, because this guy was in a band and the band wasn't popular. It didn't make, you know, this was the only success he ever had was Victor Records. So yeah, he was jealous, honestly. Um, here's one of the emails. Here's one of the emails that, um, and it's, uh, 
kind of out of out of order here on my phone, so forgive me as I kind of go back and forth. But here's here's an email from Tony, uh, and it's uh, self-edited here. So, okay. uh, all right. So he says, uh, I have a staff meeting. This is to the whole staff of Victory Records. I have a meeting to prepare for, and now I'm pissed off and aggravated. I took a 15-second shower, threw on my clothes, and am wet because of this. I do not care if anyone feels this is pretty. Uh, excuse me, this is petty. Uh, I am pissed off about this. It is childish and ridiculous. You guys are driving me nuts. I'm going to start writing people up for being ignored. I'm tired of following up on my follow-ups. Obviously, you guys are playing some kind of game against me. Are you trying to drive me effing crazy on purpose? Have you lost it? Or do you people think I'm a moron? Uh, I need people here that help me. Moving forward, I am eliminating... Uh, problems and frustrations. I cannot take it anymore. I need people here that are a part of the cause. Um, and that does not mean causing me problems, headaches, frustrations, and more emails. I have no problem whatsoever with having less people here if that is what it comes down to. There are plenty of people here just by uh, just doing enough to skate by as it is. By the way, a lot of this is in all caps. Um, so, fun. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, when, I, when I send a message... It is very important that you respond to it and do it uh, and do so in its entirety. Um, I do not have the time to follow up the way that I have to. If I have to follow up, I'll have to start writing people up. I need to help get the company to the next level. I want to win and I am going to. I hope that all of you have the same goals and desire. I am going to be evaluating many things over the coming week. There will be some changes coming. I also feel that many of the messages that I send to all of you are passed over, not read, not acted upon, and ridiculed. That is not acceptable. If you think that I do not know what I'm talking about, then why be here? Mm. So that's just that's just one of the emails that he sent out. Mm. Um, so obviously the guy, like, in person, not as bad, but, you know, gets behind a keyboard and is able to finally vent out a lot of those frustrations because he, he doesn't have to see it on people's faces, right? He doesn't have to. He hates conflict. So I'm sure that if any, if anybody if he ever did feel that he was uh he was in, in in a state where he could like stand up to somebody they probably shut him down pretty quick right and he didn't right. know how to handle that yeah. so it was just easier to do it behind a keyboard so what a trash human being I don't like it when people hide behind keyboards because it tells you a lot yeah. it tells you a lot about them like they can't back up their own stuff face to face right. you know. Right. That's yeah, yeah. That just sounds scummy, you know. You know, yeah. really scummy, and he don't know what he doesn't know how to keep his keep the um, company alive. It sounds like you know. Right. So, uh, quotations. People in the industry uh, questioned if it was employed by Hawthorne Heights uh, to parlay their success to into a deal with the major label, but rumors. Uh, was a polite way of addressing the mountain of the evidence uh, that that could be easily uncovered. However, how many bands has has Romeo lost? All the top sellers. Haybreed was the first to bail, which good for them. Uh, Thursday followed Haybreed, and when they had it with Tony, yeah, Haybreed had it with Tony and they, they bailed um, but Thursday mm-hmm. followed Hebreed. Um, Taken back Sunday, and the trade managed to escape the last drama of the field year, and now Hawthorne Heights was jumping. 
out. Yeah, and and then more after that. More it was after just that. it was more and more bands were like, you know what? Screw this. We we're don't done. need this right. label. We're gonna yeah. do our own thing. Let's just jump ship and um and be gone. Yeah. Um and here's here's a really sad here's a really sad little quotation that I, I threw in here from this tell all because I remember when this happened Bayside was another one of those bands that was on victory loved Bayside and I remember when their drummer passed away um, while they were doing a big tour with other victory records uh, bands like Aiden and Silverstein and yeah. um, and different one and Hawthorne Heights I think they were all on tour together right um, so uh, here's here's what Dean had to say in his tell all too so uh, a few months earlier, a promising young Long Island band, uh, Bayside, hit a patch of black ice uh, out on a highway in South Dakota. The band rolled, breaking the back of bass player Nick uh, Grand Grandbarian. I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Uh, and killing drummer John Beats Hollihan. Uh, it was the most difficult time uh, we went through there. Beats was the kind of guy who reminded us uh, we were also in the business of making dreams come true. Tony quickly signed another Long Island band. Uh, called the sleeping um and i i love that band but i did not realize that they were signed so quickly after bayside's drummer had passed away you know what i mean um but anyway his great idea was to run ads with the tagline your hearts will stop beatsing so taking taking the tragic situation of bayside's drummer uh being killed in an accident um and then kind of making a tagline off of his nickname that he thought was clever mm. and just like ill-timed you know mm. what I mean like even even to this day and I mean that was mm. we're coming up on close to 15 20 years ago that that happened yeah. and uh it and it's still not right you know <laughs> still it still feels icky oh. to do but still like right after well we all know where he's going when he dies so yeah to yeah. hell with him yeah it's just uh, terrible. It's awful. But I guess this is what what, what we're going to talk about now. Is I guess this is a good thing. I'm not sure. It's a good. It's a good thing. Uh, I think it's a po- it's a positive way to end it. But yeah. It, well, so let's discuss this selling of the Victory Records. Yeah. Uh, so Tony Brumell has sold the label and publishing rights. Another victory. Another victory to Concord Music Group. So they to Concord Music Group, um, a massive company distributed by the Universal Music Group, which I'm sure all of us heard before. Oh, yeah. uh, so Concord has has added four thousand five hundred masters and five and three hundred five hundred compositions to its already massive collection of sixteen thousand albums and three hundred and ninety thousand compilations. Yep, that's big. That's big library, man. Big, big library. It's a huge library. Mm. Yep, of music. It's massive. Concord has also purchased the uh, uh, victory label name and bulldog logo. There was never. There was no bulldog though. So Concord also re- acquired Victory Records' active roster. Although, according to the awards report. Concord will not likely be releasing music, new music, under the Victory banner, which is great. Uh, but one yeah. of their other properties, Fearless Records, which is another you know company that we yeah we, another we another about. big uh, independent label. So yeah. So uh, in 2020, uh, 
Bro, Tony Bromo launched a new company called Mission to Entertainment, which everybody mm-hmm. stay away from. And it's it's, crap. it's crazy to me because like the I, I think from some of the stuff I read, there's not a lot about Mission Two out there. Um, but you know some of the labels that they or some of the bands they talked about that signed to it, um, involved one of the guys from. Uh, Dag Nasty and uh, old punk band called All, and it was just I was I was kind of shocked, no, like knowing what everyone knows now that anyone would agree to that. You know what I mean? It's kind of like it's kind of like when a mega church pastor like yeah. has some kind of controversy surrounding him, and he's like forced out of a church or the church closes, and then they just start a new church and people go to it. I'm like, yeah. why? Knowing what you know, why would you do that? I don't know. Right? I was just I, I I was trying to look I, I, I didn't mean to to look away from you, but I was trying to look up how old Tony was. I know how, how rude my uh yeah because because I was I was trying to look at how old Tony is. I'm not I'm I'm, I'm not sure. So when um, he started yeah. that, like sure like twenty thirty years ago maybe maybe like ten years ago, but it, but it's twenty twenty so he's still living. He's still going. Um, yeah, he's not. He's not terribly. He's not terribly old. Old. I think I can pull something up here. Okay. Um. I mean, he was big in the '90s, so he's he looks like he's probably in his fifties. Okay. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. So okay. So uh, it's weird because everybody knows about Victor, like, or, or anybody in the music industry knows about it. So why yeah. why would you go to Mission to entertainment that he has right now, and go through all of that. He might be reformed. I don't know. I I don't know anything about the guy. You know, he might have. You know, I mean, I. I my question to you is: if, if if you know now what he did then to new artists, why even go to him? First of all, you know. Yeah, it doesn't make sense no, to me. No, um, no. But I'm also not in that that line of of work. Uh, right. and <laughs> yeah. much I'd love to be like I'd love to be able to kind of like talk to somebody uh, that is and kind of pick their brain on it and right. be like what well, you know no you know what you know about the guy and about his history with victory um you know are you, you just hoping like for uh I don't know like almost like a a, a round two uh of, yeah, of right. victory to like make a comeback and then you know just like maybe mission two blows up and then it you know it's the next big thing for the scene and or maybe the next scene to come along, because like I, you know, when they started out, emo wasn't a big thing. Emo was around, but it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't it surely well, wasn't it wasn't what well it was known, right? Yeah, in early two yeah. thousands for sure. So, yeah. but yeah, so there you go. That's that's the history of of Victory Records as we know it. I'm sure that as more details and bands kind of like get to the point where they're ready to talk about their relationship with Tony Brummel and. Uh, and Victory Records and how things went down. Um, we'll we'll know a lot more. It's still a fresh, pretty fresh story. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess we can do some updates when we when we know a little yeah. bit more. I, mean, yeah, I was hoping good. they would make a documentary about this thing. Right. I was hoping that there was somebody on YouTube who has made a documentary, and there there There's, wasn't. Yeah, so, uh, um, shockingly, so I I was like, well, let's what's it let's let's get, let's get the ball rolling then why don't <laughs> right. we do an episode why don't we so. make, yeah and, and somebody well, might we'll hear this to do it yes yep so <laughs> but yeah so uh with that uh i it's time for mental health minute i think we need it 
Um, and I think that this this one actually goes pretty well uh, with the scenario of like a toxic boss. Uh, I have definitely been in, in the uh, in in a uh, I have worked for a company where there was a lot of toxicity floating around. Um, and uh, it was one of my main uh, <laughs> triggers, I guess you could say. And uh, but here's 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 a little some mental health tips that I found for talking to your boss about your mental health. So, um, a, you know, as we like progress into a new year, uh, maybe that's a that's a goal for you is like kind of take that more seriously. And one of the biggest struggles with that is probably talking to your workplace about it. You know, right? Um, so here's some tips here. So. Number one, first reflect, okay? Take a moment to reflect on your own opinions and experiences about mental health. Don't skip this step. It's very important to understand why you're going through the process of talking to your company about your mental health and why you want to do it in the first place. As the Lion King taught us, be prepared. You're not sharing uh, for the sake of sharing. Those, uh, These are very specific goals that you should have when talking about your health at work because it's important to let them know, hey, Here's some things I got going on with me. Maybe days where I'm not going to be able to give you my all. I'm sorry. That's just, that's how it is. You know, I need you to understand that it's not coming from a place of laziness. It's just that mentally I can't, I can't do it. Right. Um, so yeah, be clear and in the moment. Um, uh, once you've decided that you can take the conversation, uh, conversational plunge, uh, uh, reflecting on where you're coming from and done with your uh, back end prep, it's time to work on your message. Plan of what you want to say and write it down. Uh, this is not a conversation where you think, I'll just wing it. It'll be fine. No. Skip that potential minefield. Uh, to to, uh, to make it constructive and useful, you have the responsibility as the sharer in that conversation to be ready to educate and inform whom you are talking to, especially something as serious as that. Write it down, man. Plan it out. Yeah. Be like, uh, say it out loud if you have to and be like, mm, that's not going to work. Um, you know, it's important. Exactly. Uh, if someone responds in a way that you didn't anticipate, don't panic. Uh, so you scrape up the courage to have the conversation, but then the response is rude, dismissive, or just plain old deer in the headlights. Uh, it's okay. It's a process, and it can sometimes be unpleasant uh, or go in a way that you didn't plan. Not all is lost. Of course, you could verbally skewer that person or condense yourself down into the size of an atom to hide, but don't go that route. No. <laughs> Wouldn't no. advise <laughs> um, Or you'll just get a nasty email from Tony Brummel. Uh, and then... <laughs> Uh, lastly here, know you're right. Sometimes the conversation doesn't feel the out doesn't have the outcome that you want. And you may feel that your workplace is non-responsive or even hostile. If you try to mitigate in the, in the moment, uh, and, uh, that doesn't work. Remember you have rights and you can do some digging on that and, uh, and look it up on your own there if you want, um, to figure out exactly what your rights are. Uh, so wrapping up here, when it comes to talking about your mental health at work, personal accountability matters. Uh, while you may not be able to control or influence everything occurring in the workplace culture around you, you still have the responsibility to equip yourself with the tools and information required uh, so that you can self-advocate advocate, uh, for your mental health at work. So Nice. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It, it, as we're, we're coming into an age where mental health is taken way more seriously than it ever has been uh, before because it, it's affecting more, more and more people, I feel like, and uh, for different reasons, and everybody kind of has their own struggles, and and it, it it's not all depression, it's not all anxiety, um, but it just as a broad topic, mental health is important, and your workplace should know kind of where you're at. Uh, that way, if you do have days where you can't give it your all, they they at least know what they can do. 
right um to kind of accommodate for that so exactly there exactly. you go yes so thank you everybody this thank you everybody for listening in to the show today uh be sure to share this with friends and families dog cats and don't share this with tony no he can no. he can he can uh go buy groceries or something i don't know you know, I always heard if you if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. So I just I backed out on that. I backed out. Good. <laughs> That's exactly what we hear from the mic. Oh, uh, please leave us a rating and review wherever you can, such as Apple Podcasts is our main focus here. Uh, it helps us list tremendously, and we'll read your reviews right here on the show if you want us to. Yes, and the best way that you can stay up to date with us is by following us on social media. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, and we're on TikTok. Uh, just search for When Words Fail Music Speaks Podcast and give us a follow. So you send thank you. Yeah. Uh, w- would you like to be part- interviewed on the show? Uh, or I would. Or be on the, hey, we got one. <laughs> or be on an episode of our Cover Wars, which is really, really yeah. popular now. Oh, uh, yeah. You can reach out to us on at uh, you can email us at uh, james at whenwordsfilmmusicspeaks.com or you can contact Mr. Brosley email Mimo at blake at whenwordsfilmmusicspeaks.com or you can message us on any of the social medias that we mentioned before that's right and if you're watching on YouTube you can subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can watch more interviews uh, music video reactions vinyl showcases and much much more that's youtube.com slash when words fail music speaks. Uh, hit subscribe. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube right now, give us a thumbs up. We appreciate it. Um, and also you can turn on notifications for that. Uh, that way when new episodes are up um, uploaded, uh, you get a notification and you can watch it right then and there. Nice. See our smiling, beautiful faces. Yes. Well, I don't know about be- me. I don't know about beautiful, but that's okay. It's okay. Uh, for all of our, <laughs> I have to make some dumb, <laughs> really weird face. Um, this face, y- yes. Uh, for all of these links, uh, or to find out more about us, or to buy some of our merchandise, including T-shirts and uh and laptop bags. Dude, uh, go get a shirt, man. Especially with that new logo, it's it's sweet. Have you got one yet? Not yet. <laughs> We've been around. No. That that logo has been out for about a year. I what know. have you been I gotta doing? Get a new shirt. You need I got to the buy. Old shirt. I don't have the new one. The old one's good, so yeah. So yeah. you need to buy a new. You need to buy. And the old one's still available, right? You can still get old the old logo, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. All so right. go buy, go buy, go either buy the new logo or the old logo. Yeah, everything's welcome here. But you, yeah. you need to buy at least like three or four get, now because we all mean in different yeah. colors too. Yes. That's the beauty about doing it through our website uh, and T Public is you can you can pick whatever color you like. So and all different sizes, all different sizes. You can get it on um, uh, hats or not. No, not hats. Sorry. Uh, you can get stickers. You can get uh, laptop bags. You can get like baby clothes. You can get masks, um, and uh, all kind of things. It's really cool. All kinds of everything is available on our website whenwordsfailmusicspeaks.com, and we have a new tab on the on the top of the page. It's blogs. We we asked my one of our good friends Tim Pace to write a blog, starting at it it was of it was um, posted up yesterday. So he's going to do a blog um, for us starting now. So you can yeah. go to the blog and and read his 
read his blog his, his article and you can yeah. you can, you can leave us a, like a you can leave him a uh, a um, comment or something so please yeah do that. it's really cool yeah um and then our logos we mentioned before was uh our new logo was created by One Up Graphics uh, and our theme song was created by Doc Brass. Um, you can check out both of them on Instagram and Twitter. It's at one up graphics and at doc D O K, uh, brass. Um, you can check out my other podcast It's called South Carolina spook show, all about true crime, uh, and paranormal and, and, uh, UFOs and stuff like that from the state of South Carolina. Uh, I'd appreciate it if you gave that a follow, uh, it's available, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, but more importantly, Apple podcasts, baby, where you can leave me some reviews and ratings. And I would very much appreciate that also as well yeah. uh, sources from this episode come from Wikipedia Metal Injection Music Business Worldwide This Is Not Your Scene and LinkedIn uh, we do not own any of the music that was used in this episode and no copyright infringement is intended James you got anything else? no sir all I want to say is thank you again for listening to the show and always rem- remember when words fail music speaks bye guys we'll see y'all next time